Hello and welcome to another episode of Form of Human. In this space right here, we try and blur the lines of bias by telling real human stories. I am your host, Brown Rig Wolves, and welcome to the show. If you're the kind of person that's looking to be challenged in your biases and looking for a new way to connect with people you've never been able to connect with before, you have come to the right place. It is here where we search for and look for ways to connect by using stories and empathy. Thank you so much for tuning in and get ready for an experience like you've never had before on radio. In this first section, we hear the retelling of a story that I think many of us with siblings can relate to. Remember, this is a voice actor. You have no idea who the story really comes from, what the color of their skin is, what their ethnicity is, what they look like. So just sit back, don't worry about it, take in the story, and feel whatever you need to feel. When we were younger, my brother used to suffer from nightmares. And me being the older sibling, he would come to me with everything. And so that means he would wake me up even on a Saturday morning at the crack of dawn, me being a late sleeper and him being very much an early riser. He would jump into my room and shake me and try to wake me up and say, I'm hungry. Can you make me some breakfast, please? And I would get very annoyed. I would yell, make your own breakfast. You know, how hard is it to make cereal? But he was so young at the time. Anyways, when these nightmares would happen, he would crawl into my room with his pillow and his blanket. And he'd wake me up and he'd be terrified. And he would just come and sleep with me because he wouldn't be able to go back to his own room. And this used to annoy me. I guess I was so egocentric at the time. I couldn't really see it from his perspective, but I would just get so angry. I would get so annoyed at him and I would still let him sleep in my bed. And he suffered for a very long time. And eventually he actually got too big for the bed. I was sleeping on a three-quarter bed at the time, and he just didn't fit there at a certain time, and he just physically got too big for the bed, and he would just rustle around while he was sleeping. He would kick me and then carry on sleeping, and he was just very active in the night, and he actually ended up coming to sleep on the floor. So I would wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning, and he would be at my bedside. And he did this for quite some time, I think maybe even until he was about 12. And now I just have such a deep feeling of guilt about it because he really needed me. And I was so self-absorbed or so selfish at the time that I couldn't see what he was going through. And I wasn't there for him the way I should have been. And I should have been more supportive. And that just makes me feel really awful. We both were so young, so I didn't know any better. 
And honestly, I think it did more damage to me than it did to him in the long run. He actually is a pretty resilient kid, so. But I've spoken to him about this, not about this specific event, but I just said to him, look, I haven't been the best sister. And I really was actually quite cruel as a child. You know, and I just said to him, you deserve better than that. And I'm really sorry for how I treated you as kids. And we have a really close relationship. Um, we have a big gap. We're about four years apart. But that gap sort of started closing when we became teenagers. We became a lot closer and started relating more to each other. And also when we moved away, we had nobody else. So we became best friends. And when things were hard at home, we leaned on each other instead of giving our parents more things to worry about. And even now, our relationship is super tight. My partner actually has learned to develop a relationship with my brother because he's in my life all the time. But I still sometimes think about that time when I wasn't there for him. And I really feel so guilty, and that guilt comes from how I felt and the true feelings of how I felt at the time. I feel guilty now that I just didn't see it from his perspective. I feel guilty about not being able to comfort him. And the bed was one thing. But he was just so scared. And he was too scared to go back to his own room. And I just feel guilty for not feeling compassion. I think my brother does recall this happening. We've never spoken specifically about this event, but when I apologized and when we had that conversation, he just said to me, you know, kids are kids. They develop into the people that they are today, you know, so he doesn't have any hard feelings toward me. He doesn't resent me for any of these things. So I wouldn't say that this event was damaging for him at all, or even that the rest of my bullying as an older sibling but I still feel pretty bad about it. And I feel like I've learned something about myself. I feel like I adapt really well to my situations. I'm very good at crisis management, but that in itself sometimes has its downfalls because I adapt so well in the moment. So whenever there's a problem, I'm fine. I do well under pressure, but once that pressure has lifted and once I actually have to deal, that's when my problem comes in. I would say that I'm good at shoving things down and dealing with them later. But then the later never really comes. And then I start experiencing all of these feelings and not knowing where they're coming from or why I'm feeling them. And I can't pinpoint the origin of situations that I'm in or the emotional state that I'm in. So I feel like when I think about this time with my brother when he was suffering and I wasn't there for him, I'm just now starting to deal with it. But to make it up to him, every time he visits, I make him breakfast. A nice cold bowl of cereal.
what a simple yet beautiful story. How I connected most was uh, a rem- remnants of my own childhood with my sister and how we used to tease each other so much and how oftentimes looking back I feel worse about teasing her than she even remembers it, it happening or recurring. How were you able to connect? Did you maybe have a, a brother or a sister that there was a tension and, and anxiety between or did you guys have a really great relationship? Do you know what it feels like to, to be hurt by something that you've done to someone that you love very much? Um, these are all great ways that, that we can empathize with our guest. What we're going to do here in the next section is listen to, to factual details about our guests and get to know them um, point blank. We're going to expose as many bias-inducing factoids about them as possible, and underneath we'll be playing the Song of Earth to remind us that we're all human and that we've come to the same place. We come from the same place from Earth and that we were made to connect. Okay, well, I'm Caucasian. Um, I am mostly uh, Greek. My dad's Greek and my mother's half Greek and half South African. So there's quite a mix there. I would say that I'm spiritual uh, with a lot of Christian roots, um, but I wouldn't say that I'm a typical Christian. I have dual citizenship of the EU and South Africa. I'm female, 63 kilograms, 1.6 meters. I'm not very political. I myself, I'm like struggling a bit at the moment. (laughs) Um, So I would say that I'm just under a middle class income bracket at the moment. So there you have it. I hope that some of your biases were exposed so that we can create conversations around them and talk about them in meaningful ways. In the next section, we we just dive directly into what brought about that shame that she experienced, um, even though her brother wasn't really affected by her um, not inviting him and, and, and giving him encouragement while while he was having those terrible nightmares. Um, it's an interesting conversation. We get into some really deep things, and she comes up with some really profound insights that I think are valuable. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Here you go. Um, going back to the theme of um, like feeling more ashamed about something that you didn't do or did do versus the other person, do you think that that, that theme has continued in your life? Absolutely. I don't know if that was the root of the whole issue in the first place, but it's definitely been a theme in my life and some of the, I don't want to say struggles, but emotional struggles that I've had personally. Can you go into some of that? Some of those emotional struggles? Okay, well, I think I do, uh, you know, suffer from a a guilt thing and a shame thing and I think it's um, you know I had an incident when I was younger um, of of some abuse and so I think that had an an impact on the shame part of it 
And so whenever I realize that I've done something wrong, um, I always punish myself much more than either my parents did or my teachers did. I was very, very hard on myself and um, more so emotionally, you know. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like that's maybe hindered how you go about relationships a lot of the time? Well, um, at this point in time, um, you know, I've worked through a lot of the emotional um, baggage that I had. Um, and I feel a lot more free from that type of thing. But yes, in the, in the past, I have really clung on to my guilt and I don't let it go, you know. Um, so, yeah, it did. It has had an effect on how I used to act and react to situations and people. And I think it made me quite highly strung, you know. Um, I took offense very easily, um, had a low self-esteem. So I based my, um, how can I say based how good I am according to other people and that's why I couldn't take criticism very well because I would just feel so you know defeated instead of using it to better myself so there's that I'm trying to think if there's anything else that it could have affected um, and that's all that comes to mind at the moment. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's That answer has a lot of hope in it, too, the way that you've expressed it. What are some things that you've that you've been able to do to help you, you said specifically, better yourself with? Uh, yeah, so for instance, um, it mostly has to do with my work, I would say. So if I... If I do a, some of my artworks, so some of my painting or something like that, and if someone would have something a little critical to say, I wouldn't be able to handle that criticism at all. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to take what that person said objectively. I would just immediately take offense to it. It would hurt me. And I think now um, I don't base... Um, my self-worth and and how I see myself through other people's eyes I, I've learned to be confident in myself without seeking the approval of every, everyone around me I mean even people I didn't like I needed their approval they still had to think I was awesome even though I don't actually <laughs> like them it was besides the point you know yeah Oh, did you go to counseling or therapy? Yeah, I did for the um, the childhood incident. Mm -hmm. um, I went for counseling um, through a Christian church type of thing. And I found it, to be honest, uh, I found it more 
damaging. I just wanted to stop it. And um, my mom at the time, I'm sure she, she just didn't know what to do. So that was the best option. And I suppose it is the best option in most cases. Um, so I just told her I'm fine and I don't need these, uh, these sessions anymore. And I sort of just decided to work through it myself because I felt um, this is going to go into my view of church as well to, you know, at the same That's time. Fine. But yeah. um, I felt like the, the Christian church, uh, the church specifically, the institute, um, you know, it's, it's more damaging. They're more judgmental. And I felt like there was something wrong with me instead of um you know saying it's okay and moving through it from there it was like people were trying to fix me constantly and there's only one way to do something and i found those constraints so damaging and um, limiting so it's a problem that i have with the whole institute I feel like the core belief system is amazing and it's a really beautiful way of of thinking and it's and the philosophies of Christianity I find so amazing but the institute of church uh it's judgmental and it hurts more people than it saves I think in my opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what did you do yourself to to kind of get out of that mentality because it, it, it sounds like there was a shift from like I blamed everything I'm not not to say that you do everything perfectly now because I know that's not what that's not what you're trying to say but there there came a time where you were able to get over it was it just time that helped that happen or did you make decisions to see the world a certain way I think it is definitely a choice in most cases and I know definitely in mine I just kind of, um, I just had the mind shift from this pity party I was throwing myself all the time. And I just sort of, um, I made the decision that I don't want to be a victim anymore. I don't want to be seen as, um, as weak through my, uh, through my own eyes, not just everyone else. But, um, yeah, really just get to know myself because I realized especially when we moved overseas um, that I didn't know myself at all it was difficult for me to choose a milkshake flavor you know silly things like that I just couldn't do and it was very difficult so I had to do a whole lot of like I know it sounds so silly but what I did was I would just honestly just try to spend time with myself and you know, figure out my likes and dislikes and start from there to rebuild myself. You know, it was it was from the basics of a human being. You know, what do I like? What don't I like? Um, what do I believe in? And, you know, it just started building from there and became more and more deep and philosophical as I went along. And eventually, uh, when I was ready to deal with what had happened, um, you know, I went through the forgiveness and, you know, truly forgave, not just in therapy, say you forgive someone. 
And I think therapy didn't work for me because I didn't know how to be honest with myself. So how could I be honest with someone else? Uh, and yeah, just basically started with that, being honest with myself and um, going from there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very brave. It's a, a brave thing to, to choose to do, to try and face that. I wouldn't say that it's brave from my perspective either. You you deal with your issues. Everyone has issues. I think that's the thing that people don't realize is everyone has issues. Everyone is broken. Everyone has hardships in their life. And it's a choice ultimately how we deal with those things. You know, no one goes through life perfectly and everything's great and everything's fantastic and then we would never grow our character. We would never build. So um, I think that it's important to get yourself into the space where you want to change and you want to develop. You want to grow. You want to move past the things that, you know, hurt us and, and break us. We want to move past those things. And I think it has to do with maturity to a large degree as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being so honest. I, I love this. Um, this is this is great. Um, as as someone who has survived um, abuse like that, and first maybe if someone's listening and they've they've gone through something similar, they're very young. They're not quite mature yet mature enough to be able to face it yet what words of encouragement no. would you be able to would you give them or that you wish that you knew as you were going through that through that time that's a tough question because I think you know people as as people we want to identify with other people we want to find you know like-mindedness and I feel that we've we've made this type of abuse very much the same for everyone you know everyone goes through the same feelings and it's not always the case it's a very individual experience depending on who was administering the abuse you know how old you were at the time there's so many variables but i think all I can say is how I was feeling at the time. And I think it was, it would have had to have been misunderstood from my perspective and others. So I didn't understand the feelings that I had. And if you don't understand what you're feeling, how can you really work through it? And it's a very confusing thing. Well, it was for me. And so I would say, just give yourself time. There's no rush to heal. You know, give yourself enough time. Feel whatever you have to feel at that moment. You're allowed to feel angry and sad and depressed and worthless. You're allowed to feel all those things. You're allowed to feel confused. There's nothing wrong with you. It's normal. And just give yourself time. To heal, don't force yourself. You know. I think that's that's what I'd have to say. 
So there you have it. I hope that you were able to connect with our guest like you didn't think you'd be able to connect with someone before. If you had a strong connection with her story and want to say hi or, or thank you or share a similar story, let us know. We'd love to connect you guys. Send us a message via Facebook or hit us up on Twitter at Form of Human. This is our second episode, so thank you so much for tuning in. It really means the world to us. If you believe in this mission of blurring the lines of bias by telling real human stories, please hit subscribe, rate us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. Thank you so much again for your ears. My name is Brownrigg, and you're listening to Form of Human. Today's podcast was produced by me, Brownrigg Wools, with the help of Morgan Irish. Our business development is headed by Nicole Wools, and our graphics department is headed by Job Canfield. Music Today was sponsored by Jazar and Loco Lobo. You can find them on Free Music Archives. Their music is awesome. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next time.